Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 93rd episode. Welcome again, Andy. Are you fit and well? Yes, very good, thank you. Have you been up to much over the last month? I've joined the gym. That's about it, really. Um, Work-wise, we've been doing loads of videos, uh, new training videos, but yeah, I've joined a a gym to do classes, not so much weight stuff, but do like fitness and strength classes, um, just with these dark nights and find it hard to get motivated in an evening, so I'm going to start some classes in the week. Very good. And this is going to... uh all work towards the uh, spine race. Wanting in spine training, yeah. Uh, ready for June. Yeah. Out on the weekend, still hiking and that. But you know, I say dark nights. It's not easy to, and I'm not going to say dangerous, but go, you know, running around the roads and that isn't always the safest options. I thought if I can get motivated and do some strength classes, that sort of thing, conditioning classes in a week, it'll uh, help with training. We should have actually had on the podcast an in-depth conversation about this year's winter spine race because the uh, gentleman who won did it in an amazing time, didn't he? Yeah, not not human. It was amazing. The full spine now was at seventy two, just over seventy two hours for two hundred and sixty eight miles non-stop with an hour sleep. I think he had. Just he looked absolutely shattered, didn't he? Cross the yeah, line, absolutely amazing. shattered. So we'll have to do another podcast just on mountain spine. I think sometime we should do. We yeah. should do. Okay, in this month's GPS training podcast, uh, we've just got three great stories. We've got the TUNAB, which is, we're calling it a breath of fresh air. And then the second one, we're going to say, what is going on with a bullet? The creator of the Motorola Defy a satellite, sync, a satellite link. Again, they're two very big stories in their own right. And then we've got Andy's top tips to finish off. So the first thing on this month's GPS training podcast is TUNAB. A breath of fresh air. It's actually quite interesting. We, I, I gave it that after spending a lot of time thinking about um, GPS. Again, we've been so many years working with Garmin, SatMap, and other manufacturers. It's just so nice to get something completely different. I'm going to go. Ah. <laughs> just have a new, which we're going to talk about, new features and things that you know the two makes that we've always sold. Obviously, Garmin that we sell and still, of course, sell, and, and one of our main brands. And we used to sell Satmap before they went out of business. And we look at both the products together and go, oh, they've taken some good bits from that one and some good bits from that one and put it together in a different unit. It's just nice to have something different and just an alternative when someone's looking for something a little yeah. bit different. So, a bit of the backstory. So, how did Two Nav come into our um, eyes? So. Six or seven years ago, we actually bought a two-nav. Um, I don't know if people know a little bit of the history. Um, OS, Ordnance Survey, um, branded uh, a two-nav GPS unit as their own GPS unit. And just before they did that, because uh, there was quite a big press release, we kind of thought, oh, this is going to be quite interesting. Are we going to be able to deliver training courses on two-nav GPS units? So we um, we bought one, um, and both Andy and I played with it extensively. And, um, yeah, it was on eBay in two weeks, I think, Andy, wasn't it? Yeah, we were, I think, I mean, it's gone back a good few years yes, now. Six or um, seven years, I think. It and I don't know if it was maybe just working on an old operating platform as a little bit slow. The screen wasn't the Gorilla Glass screens that we have now. So it wasn't that we hated it, but we, we weren't that impressed. No, were no. We? Um, we thought, no, it's not a product. We, we, at the time, we had two products because we had SatMap as well as the Garmin, you know. And it's always we always said it's nice to have a couple of options, um, but we decided at the time not for us. Mm-hmm. So um, 
the partnership with the OS didn't really work. Um, I think the issue was, um, I think, as, as we all know, you know, OS just kind of shift boxes. They don't really know much about the GPS units. They didn't have the technical expertise that hopefully we have behind it, and, and it didn't work. And then the end of last year, a number of conversations um, with potential friends, um, colleagues, uh, potential people who sell GPS units, uh, TUNAV came up a number of times. It actually came down to um, a great, we, we actually stock GPS units to a very large cycling provider we do. Um, we've done for many years, great, great friends, and he's done training with them. Um, they do cycling all over the world, and we've always stocked them with GPS units. And, and in the conversation in late last year, uh, TUNAV came up again, and I thought, oh, let's see what we can do. So uh, we, we, we got in touch with TUNAV, um, we got one of every GPS unit, which arrived just in time for Christmas. Christmas yeah. um, so Andy went home at Christmas with two two nav GPS units. I went home with the other two nav GPS units, and uh, yeah, we didn't converse. We sent an odd WhatsApp message to each other as we got it, but we kind of just just settled into it. Had our thoughts. Um, yeah, we should have been relaxing and enjoying Christmas, but we went out and enjoyed uh, the countryside around us with these GPS units. So, if people don't know two nav are based in Spain. Really great, great um, company. Um, listen to us, Andy. Do they, do they kind yeah. of, it's been fantastic dealing with someone who's enthusiastic about their product and yeah. wanting to keep improving it. Yeah. I mean, they've been going for over 20 years. I don't think when we say, oh, we just came about it a few years ago, they've actually been going for over 20 years, but they're specialised in units for like light aircraft, paragliding, and the sort of outdoor walking units is, I suppose, a newer thing for them. Um, but the units have moved on. Um, so the units we got... You know, totally different to the ones we'd had before. And John's right, they're, they're just a company that we take the units on, had a look at them and thought, oh yeah, there's some good things, things that are different here. But there's some things that, you know, just small things, just little things where you think, if I just email them and say, what about, what do you think about this? This would make this bit that you've got different, even better. And they've come straight back with brilliant suggestion. You know, a few weeks' time, we're going to have that implemented. That you know, things that we're suggesting, they're taking on hopefully our years and years of expertise. I mean, you can't just you know, in the best will of the world, we everyone wants something different. We're not just throwing silly things at them, but just just little note things we notice and suggestions, and they come back very positively with, "We love that suggestion. Let's see what we can do." So it's just nice to have that feedback and what seems to be a really well good early working relationship. Yeah, that's exactly the case. So we end up stocking three units, um, which were the Cross Plus, the Two Nav Cross Plus, Two Nav Terror, and Two Nav Adventurer. Ad- Adventure. Adventurer two. two. We actually said it wrong, didn't we, for the first month? I think I called it the Adventure, and I put it. I put a D in, uh, but it's actually Adventure. Terror two, and then there's also a motor bundle of that as well, which has as as some cars. Comes with a motorbike mount. So the Adventurer two plus, which is the bigger unit, and the one with motor at the end has a ram mount to go on a motorbike bar. Yeah, brilliant. And it also comes with um, road sat- uh, navigation as yeah, well. Yeah, so it comes it? with the TomTom maps as well. But that's the three models that we're stocking. Yeah. So I know you've done videos on it. You may have already seen it on our website. If not, I'll put a link down below. Have a look at the videos. Do you want to quickly go over, Andy, the difference between the, I suppose, Cross Plus Terra and Terra Adventure? Yeah, is that is it, the best yeah. way to so do it? So when you're looking on my website under the GPS training store and handheld devices, you'll see the two navs listed, the four units that we've got. Um, and basically, the, um, the the easiest way to start from um, the Cross Plus is the smallest and lightest unit, touchscreen only. 
the Terra is the next size up, touchscreen only, but a little bit bigger. And the Adventurer 2 Plus has the same screen as the Terra, but rather than just being touchscreen, it has lots of additional buttons and a joystick. I must I'll just jump in there. When you say a small screen, the small, smallest GPS screen yeah, it's not small. is is the same as what we found on the Oregon, and we found that was a real, a very, very. When you put them next to each other, and it's a great video. Put the, both the Oregon seven hundred next to the uh, two nav. Cross it's actually a little bit bigger the screen, so I'll I'll go through the screen yeah. sizes. Actually, it's not. It's it's the smaller one of the mm-hmm. of the three. So the Cross Plus touchscreen only now it does have some button control so you can zoom in and out on the maps with a button and it has a button that will take the screen off for battery saving and recenter the map so it does have some button control but generally you're using the touchscreen on the cross plus to move the map around going to different menus same with the terra that has the bigger screen the adventurer 2 plus Reminds me very much, um, not maybe the way it looks, but the way it works, like the SatMap Active 20. Now, what we always loved about the SatMap Active 20, for customers who wanted a unit with buttons, but also touchscreen, and the option to use either or, and that's what we really like. So the difference with the Adventurer 2 Plus on the first two is, the, oh, the, the big difference, sorry, it's got a lot of extra buttons and a joystick, so you can get away with doing most of the stuff just using the buttons. Also, I should say the Cross Plus and Terra have built-in lithium-ion batteries, whereas the Adventurer 2 Plus does have a rechargeable lithium-ion battery, but it's actually a removable one. So you can take it out, carry spare batteries, or put in an emergency AA battery pack, which is something we used to do with the SatMap Active 20. And actually, we can do that with one of the the Garmin Montana 700, but you've got button and touchscreen. It's funny because you keep mentioning SatMap here and I, when I did one of the videos and I actually did a bit of a, um, a short uh, cutting of the video and I said it is a SatMap on steroids, that's the way I described it. And judging from the amount of SatMap GPS units you've taken as trade-ins, yeah. um, that is very much the case. There's a lot of SatMap users. I, we've they, we've never taken as many SatMap trade-ins, have we, Andy? Um, for our eBay um, shop is packed full of SatMap. Yeah. We know there was things we loved on the Active Twenty. There was things that you know could be improved. So if SatMap had brought out an Active, I don't know what it would be, an Active Thirty, you know, a new model. I think the Adventurer Two Plus has taken on a lot of things that might have come in with a new a new model. Um, it's a heavier unit, so you know the battery life as well is is vastly increased so when we look at all three units they've all got decent battery um but we've got a 36 hour battery with the adventurer 2 plus the other two units i'm going to just mention the battery because i like the i don't know if it's honesty is the word but just the way to nav give figures based on true life situation rather than we all we all joke about you know if I come away from the GPS world, our cars, we all say manufacturers create our miles per gallon based on you having no one in the car, no weight, no wind, and a perfect road, you know? And I find sometimes with lots of products, we quote figures that are in the perfect world. So when we look at the battery life on the two navs, the Cross Plus at 20 hours with a built-in battery, the Terra at 15 hours, it's just a bigger screen, uses a bit more battery, and the Adventurer 2 Plus at 36 hours, Two nav have told us that those battery figures are quoted with the screen being on all of the time 
that's 50% backlight, fair enough, but the 50% backlight is actually pretty bright. I don't think you'd ever need it higher than that. So 50% backlight and... Rec now, fair enough, the recording's GPS only, not the multi-GNSS, but it's just the fact most figures I find on battery life is based on a screen not being on all the time. So I really like that. So really, when we look at figures, you know, like the 20 hours, 15 hours, 36 hours, if you simply use the button on the side... For taking the screen off which takes two so all three units have got a button on the side that will take the screen off but it's still recording in the background you're going to achieve bigger figures and i'll just give you one example before we move on i took the cross plus home in some horrible weather a couple of weeks ago it was minus four five in the night i left it outside all night with the screen on all the time now i didn't have gps only i actually put it on where it's picking up three sets of satellites and i wasn't far off that 20 hours so bear in mind what i'd done different was i suppose i'd put not just gps i'd put three sets of satellites i had a route running i had it recording but it was cold temperatures you know so we know cold will affect um a unit um so i'm very happy with the battery figures basically well, it's amazing isn't it i said for me very very well and actually it's quite a safe, it's just a breath of fresh air to be having so bit to experience the battery life that two nav or the manufacturer is telling us that it should have um other key things andy yes yeah, so the when we look at you know we know it's a handheld gps device we can put a route on it we can follow a route see yourself move across the screen and um, record our activity review it and um, look at elevation data mark waypoints all the things we're used to doing so it's not trying to rewrite the gps world it's doing things that we already do really well but there's just little things that sometimes you get asked for of customers can we do this can we do that and the things we some of the things are things we used to be able to do on a sat map but we can't necessarily do on a garmin and some of these things i'm just going to mention now so might sound a small thing but when you put a route on the unit you send a gpx file to the unit you can change the color of how that is displayed. There's not every color under the sun, but I think I should have written the figure down. There was about eight, eight colors, maybe 10 colors, might even be more than that. But there's a fair, there's a decent choice of colors, but it's not just the color. You can change the thickness. You can put double lines outside it, no lines. So you can really just make it personal to what the root line looks like. And the reason I mentioned that over the years, I've had a lot of customers who, you know, different levels of um, eyesight issues. It could be um, slight colour blindness, colour blindness, and the struggle to see some of the colours that some GPSs have for a route. So that was the first thing I noticed, that I can make the route colour thicker, thinner, different colours. Like that. Um, when you're navigating and you're recording... We often like to see the line behind us that we're recording. Now, don't get us wrong, I think on all the units we sell, you can change the colour, but you can't change the thickness. And it's normally quite a thin line. Again, you can change the thickness. You can even change it to be dashes, dots, solid line, not solid line. It's the same with the, the root colour. So I think it's just having that adaptability of what you can change. That mm -hmm. was one of the first, you know, mightn't sound a major thing, but I quite like the fact you could do that. And the nice thing as well, what we're finding is... Um across all the range you have the same functionality the functionality on the cross plus is exactly the same as the functionality on the adventure isn't it eg we can do this across all that range and that when we talk about you no know, wireless transfer and this kind of thing it's across all the range rather than with a, a garmin range you've got the e-trex which can't do x y and z then you've got this range that can do this you can with this and and that's, i think it's been really nice that for not a lot of money you get a gps unit with a lot of functionality don't you yeah. i mean that might sound just a small thing but i, I know a lot of customers are going to like that color change 
Another thing I noticed, now this is something that's slightly different with the Cross Plus, but with the Terra and Adventurer 2 Plus. Um, so John mentioned across the range, virtually everything's the same in all of the menus and settings. So this will come on to what I'm going to mention about the slight difference on the Cross Plus. I've noticed in the alarm settings, it's taken some of the features that we often see on a fitness watch where you can set an alarm to say, the typical, I've went off course. You can put different distances in which we really like. So it's much more straightforward than some of the other units. So you can quote, if I go off course, 20 foot, 50 foot, 100 foot, you can put that figure in. But it's then got other alarm settings to do with if you get close to a, a waypoint you've marked, which fair enough, I know other units will do that. Again, you can put lots of different figures in. But it's also got settings to, if you're training for something, if you drop below a certain pace, go above a certain pace, you can link a heart rate monitor to it. You can then have a warning if a heart rate's too high, too low. So there's lots of different alarms. But the one thing I really noticed, now, this is more on the Terra and Adventurer 2 Plus. So on the Terra and Adventurer 2 Plus, they have what we call a speaker rather than a buzzer. So with that speaker, it has a volume control and a load of different choices of tones. And I tell you something, at the loud setting and some of those tones, they're going to hear it. They're going to hear it on the next mountain along from you. Now, I'm joking aside, you're not going to want it that loud. But I do get customers who will say to me, they've set an alarm to say when they go off course and they didn't hear it. I know we use common sense of always trying to say, look at what's around you. If you think you went off course, of course, you stop and look. But I think just the fact if something's there is going to help you, you can make it on the terror and adventurer too really really loud or quiet you can mute it you don't have to have sounds anyone thinking i don't like the sound of this i don't want sounds you can simply mute them now i don't want you to think the cross plus doesn't do that it's just you don't have a volume controller any tone settings there's just one tone which is like a double beep it's fairly loud i've not had a problem hearing it but if you are someone who's wanting that as a feature a really loud alert to say you went off course or arriving at a point you've got a load of scope there with the terror an Adventurer 2 Plus. Very good. Any other key features there that you flagged up with uh, as you've been I think uh, um, you're looking at the maps, it's still a raster map. So for those of you wondering what I mean by a raster map, in the Garmin units and um, with the two nav, the Ordnance Survey maps that you buy, they're like a flat scan, I suppose, of a paper map um, with yeah, data embedded in it. But that map is, um, when you zoom in really close, you always get... You, you, you lose a bit of the clarity because it's a raster map. Now, I know 2Nav is a raster map. It's not a digital map. But I think when you look at the number of pixels and colours that the screen have, there's definitely a difference. It's definitely... I don't want to make out it's not a high-resolution map, but I think you, those you're looking for something that looks a bit sharp and a bit higher definition of colours. And again, the best thing is watch our videos we've put online. And I did compare it. Like yeah, I compared the Cross Plus to the Oregon. Um, I, I compared the... Was it the Adventurer 2 to the Montana, I think? Yeah, it and it just gives you an idea that there's a bit more colour definition there. So I noticed that straight away that the maps are just a bit clearer and sharper on the colours when you zoom in as well. Brilliant. Other key things, that key, one of the key things for me is this wireless transfer on any of the products, isn't it? So we can transfer from a mobile phone or a tablet directly onto the device. Yeah, so we know we can do that with other products, but sometimes it's not the full range. I think when you're looking for, if you look at the Cross Plus or the Terra, which are the lower price two out of all the units. Really good price for the base models. 
and you can you you don't need a computer um, i suppose the other thing is whether you've got a mac or a windows computer the way they connect to the computer is just as an external drive so it's a real quick copy and paste gpx files into a data folder on the unit or they've got this thing called the link app across all models so it's not a case where sometimes you find us saying to customers oh if you want a model if you haven't got a computer you can't use that model you need this model with all three of them you can get away without a computer there's certain things with a computer you might find easier like managing the maps on the unit if you've got big downloads of big maps i think that is a little bit easier with a computer but you don't necessarily need a computer it will use wi-fi to download the maps and it will use this app to send gpx files to i it. think just to compare it then i don't want to keep comparing things to garmin but a, a garmin gps unit with that connectivity to mobile phone starts from 469.99 we're actually a two nav with that starts from 249.99 so we're only actually 25 pounds above Neatrex 32x yeah. with this functionality so again as andy says if you don't have a pc or a mac or you prefer most of the time just use your mobile phone or a tablet you have that connectivity from a gps tuner with the greatest respect it's the same price as a domini trek solar which is a black and white gps unit so. i'll tell you something else that i really like because i'm i'm coming from i do a bit of cycling as well as you know not as much as i would like to do lately but as a cyclist i have got i've got an old cycle unit that came a lot of people are used to cycle units that have like a quick lock sort of like a quad lock type mechanism it's not i mean garmin use their own now two two and a half use their own it's called the two and a half is it quick lock i think they call it it's a it, it's a quick attachment you know uh, yeah it is quick lock anchor i'm just looking at the spec sheet here now what you get with the two nav so this is the cross plus and terra units both of them come already with on the back of the unit it's got two navs own quick lock mechanism and you get a free cycle mount in the box the two nav do sell they've got like out front mounts there's all sorts of different mounts you can buy that i'm sure over the time we'll have different accessories in but you, to be honest you get a free one in the box anyway and i always find it a bit easier i prefer that type of clicking and locking in place so you can't use it with someone else so you can't use it with like a, a quad lock or say you've got a Garmin mount, but the fact that they've got their own just twist and turn lock mechanism, and I really like that for, for a unit that it means really I can use it for me cycling and I can use it for make me off-road activities as well, you know. Brilliant, very good. Any other key features then that we need to be flagged up about? So I think we've done, you know, most of them for me is, you know, we know, it, you know, it's, it's they've got the electronic compass in all three, so it'll turn when you're stationary. Um, all three of them have got the barometric altimeter. All three of them are touchscreen with a Gorilla Glass touchscreen. Of course, we mentioned they have got some button control, but lots of button control with the Adventure 2 Plus. So someone who's looking for, oh, touchscreen and button, we've got that as an added advantage. We've mentioned the sharper, more colours on the maps. Um changing the colour of what you see on your routes and activities. Um, the cycle mounts that you get free with the Cross Plus and Terra we've mentioned. Um, we, we've got an app that you can use with all three for transferring routes on. Um, Map-wise, I mean, customers always ask, what you know, if they're buying something, what if I go abroad, what maps are available? There's 30,000 according to their website. I say I sound that a bit flippant. I've looked, I'm not surprised that there's 30,000 maps once you've bought the unit it's much cheaper getting it bundled from us with a map card like we sell it we're going to cover that next with the us maps but if you are going abroad you get open source maps as standard for western europe when you buy from the uk they've got open source maps for free for the whole of the world that you can put on now i know they're open street maps but if you want more detailed maps like you're used to using ign maps in france it might be compass maps They've got endless choices, like 30,000 different options that you can just download from their website 
onto the unit, you know. So I don't think you struggle to, you know, to get maps. I mean, I suppose if you were going to some far out places and you wanted to check in advance before you bought a unit, either message us and we'll check for you, or you, you know, they've got the maps on their own website. So I think the choice of maps is great, you know. Very good. Excellent. So all in all, yeah, I think that's the main spec covers, Andy. I think, yeah. I suppose. And, and I suppose one thing someone's always going to ask is accuracy. Um, it's not got the dual frequency that we have on some other units, but it is multi-GNSS. So you have the option in the unit to pick up GPS, Galileo, GLONASS, and Beidou. You can only have three in one go. So we've been setting the units as GPS, Beidou, and Galileo, and we found the accuracy really good. There's occasions it might not quite lock on as quick as a, a dual band unit, but once it's locked on, I've seen now I work in feet, I'm afraid. I know I should be working in meters maybe with our map, maps being in, in kilometers in the UK, but in feet, I've seen it getting down to a few foot. You know, I'm not saying that's going to be all the time, but I've been out in the hills, decent view of the sky, and I've looked at the accuracy screen. I thought, God, that's went down to like three foot, which is brilliant, you know. So, yeah, really accurate. I should have mentioned that, you know, that what satellite it picks up. Brilliant. And then moving on to Ordnance Survey Maps. So we've got some various options for Ordnance Survey Maps, and it comes in really quite competitive, um, you know, when it's just £50 between the 150k map on the option and the 125k map option. So, you know, by a long way, the most popular option has been that 125k map option, yeah. hasn't it? But one thing we cannot put, there's a equivalent of a platinum map card, which is 1 to 25, 1 to 50k, and 1 to 250k. We can't put on all units, can we? Just the top end of entry. Yeah. <clears throat> so when you see the map options we've got that John's mentioned there, when you're looking at the Cross Plus and Terra, you'll see the option for either full Great Britain 1 to 50, a full Great Britain 1 to 25. When you look at the Adventurer 2 Plus, or the Moto version that comes with a motorbike mount, You've got the option of those two as well as a 1 to 25 and 1 to 50 in one go. The reason we don't put that with the other two, you end up having to, you can virtually just about squeeze it on, but it doesn't give you a lot of memory and you end up deleting loads of your open source maps, which if you're a cyclist are really useful to have. And we didn't want to be deleting maps off a unit where you've got no space for any spare maps. That's why we went down the route of that. Now, I should have mentioned, actually, when we're talking about one of the features. Now, it might not happen all the time, but at the minute, when you buy from ourselves and you register a unit with 2NAV, just give you an example, you buy the unit with the 1-25 to mapping, but there might be an area of the country where you do a, quite a bit of cycling and you prefer some 1-50 to mapping for that area. You do actually get free with all three, well, all four units, sorry, an option from 2NAV to download quite a large region of 1-50 to mapping. Um, I know I've got on one of our units, it's the northeast and Cumbria. So it's all the northeast of England, including the Northumberland National Park and Cumbria. That came as one of the free. You get that as a free download, just in 1 to 50 scale. But it means someone could buy the unit with a full 1 to 25 and then have a 1 to 50 area for somewhere that they may want the lesser detailed for that type of it could be cycling bear in mind all the units have got open source mapping for all of western europe which is probably great when you're doing your road cycling that less ideal map brilliant so those are your map options and again you do download them directly onto the onto the unit don't you yeah. rather than they come on the map so bear in, when you but actually you know we think of features all the time that are mm -hmm. really good you know so when you where used to when you sell a product you buy a map card that you can take out and put in another unit but you can't copy it and put if you own two units you can't normally copy a map it's licensed to that unit the way to now do the maps john was just mentioning there it's a download so when you buy the unit from us 
whatever option you've gone for, we give you a voucher that you activate when you register your unit. So let's just say you went for the full 1 to 25k map and you bought the largest unit that we do, the Adventurer 2 Plus. You activate that map, you then either plug it into a computer and transfer them that way with a simple download program that we do showing our online training videos, or you can do it via Wi-Fi. They've split it into a small number of regions so you can just do it one by one rather than trying to do them all in one go depending on your wi-fi speed but you get three activations per voucher so what we mean by that is if you accidentally delete them off your unit and put it back on the same unit that's not using up an activation but you might down the line go i've bought this nice big adventure 2 plus from gps training i'd like a smaller unit now for my bike i'd like a second unit so you buy the cross plus unit you can register that cross plus unit to the same account and you'll still have an activation free to download that same 1 to 25 map. You can do it three times. Now, bear in mind a product activation is classed as an app on your phone, so you can actually put an app on your phone and put the maps on there, but that would be classed as one activation. Obviously, the GPS device is one. If you then used any of their softwares, which I know we haven't started using yet, the LAN software, that's classed as an activation. So you've just got to be careful there. But if you purely just wanted it for your GPS devices, you can buy one device from us with the map voucher and then that same map can be downloaded to another two nav that you might buy off us as a spare one or one for your bike, up to three units. Brilliant. You know, a lot of flexibility, I say. It's quite, I say keep saying a breath of fresh air. A breath of fresh air. It's quite nice because actually, a num- as Andy says, you can put on multiple GPS units. They've just thought of some of the things that we often get asked you know, again and again by customers. How can I do this? Can I do this? And what we're finding is with the uh, two nav, that's, that's the case, isn't it? So to quickly finish off, Andy, what's your overall thoughts on on yeah on the brand on the GPS units? No, um, I know you've been out quite a bit with it. I've been yeah. out quite a bit. I'm I'm really liking it. So what's your final thoughts on it? I think walking and hiking, hundred you know, brilliant unit with nice clear maps. You know, we've got decent battery life. If you really want to extend your battery life, obviously the bigger one that takes the AA emergency battery pack and the removable battery. But then most of us, you know, if you've got something that's going to last. You know up to 15 hours you're going to be happy so hiking and walking great road cycling spot on and i suppose when i say hiking and walking any off-road activity you know could be mountain biking um skiing horseback you know the units are great you know there's some things where you think why might i go for a different unit um you may be doing you can do some basic geocaching with them but potentially things like live geocaching are better on other products that we sell if you're wanting that real experience of uh, you know, searching for postcodes, you know, using it more for driving, which really we don't sell the units for that. But, you know, for that sort of unit, we've got other products where you're going to link them to the speakers in your car and that which you can't do with this. So, you know, there may be times you speak to us and ask us some questions. And, you know, that's why we've got a full range of products. But I think when you're looking for something that's good value, and, you know, you've maybe been frightened by the prices of how much it's going to cost you with some of that products for a full ordnance survey map. So you're making a you know a nice saving there. And it's really outdoor activities that you're using it for. It's a great option to look at, you know, and it's something different. Um, it's always nice just to give customers a choice, you know. So it's been quite interesting because Andy's been putting together the online resource. As people know, if you buy a unit from us, you get access to training videos of how to set it up, how to use the units, etc., etc. So actually, Andy's been coming in this room we're in now and working hard, working through those videos. It's amazing to see Andy come back with so much enthusiasm and passion for a product. Oh, I've discovered this, as he's just done a few times on the podcast here, enthusiasm and passion for it. And again, that 
I've always wanted to do this on a GPS unit. Now I've found a GPS unit I can do it on it. And I think, I think we've learned against have, nice to have a new product, nice to learn as you're doing the videos, Andy. And I think, yeah, would you, I don't know, would you get one? Are you, are you a, well, you notice know we're all going to have a favorite product yeah. and we're all different. John prefers, John likes the Terra because of the bigger screen. And I like the Cross Plus because it's slimmer. Yeah. I like the bigger screen of the Terra, but I like some of that goes in a really slim pocket. Now, I didn't mention about accessories. They do actually do backpack Terra right, yeah. and carabiner mm-hmm. that click on the back. But sometimes I just want to drop something in a pocket, mm-hmm. lock the screen. So I like that the Cross Plus has got no smaller a screen than the GPS device that I'm using at the moment. So when you look at things like a GPS map 67, or the Oregon 700, which I've used in the past with a three-inch screen. It's got a 3.2-inch screen, so I'm not losing screen mm-hmm. size. Now, I like buttons, but potentially the Adventure 2 Plus, just personally for the type of activities I do, is a little bit too big for me. So I would be going back to touchscreen. I've found it, you know, I've used it. I do take my gloves off to use it, I'm going to be honest. But with the screen wet, it's worked absolutely fine. So I think for some of that, it's really, I mean, it's only 172 grams, the Cross Plus. So I see this is my personal um, choice because I'm doing a lot more, well, trying to trail run as such, you know, trying to be a trail runner, um, ultra runner. It's a nice, light, compact unit. Um, doesn't take up a lot of space. John likes the bigger screen of the Terra. Now, bear in mind, the Terra only comes in 198 grams. It's not particularly heavy, but it's a little bit wider. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's, I definitely would. I mean, I think a Cross Plus would be one if I'd, if it had been there before I'd bought a different one. That would have been the one I would have looked at. But then, I've you know, I've had a friend who's come into... Actually, when we were doing videos, a friend of mine who lives locally dropped in to buy some products off us, and he saw them on the bench before we'd actually done anything and launched them. And he has a sat map, and he saw the Adventure 2 Plus. And went, oh, that's a great device. Because he likes that bigger unit um, with the buttons. He wants buttons but he likes the fact it's touchscreen because we're so used to using touchscreen on my phone. So mm-hmm. I think everyone's going to have that personal reason why they go for something and what activities they're doing. But I think you've got a good choice there with three different units. Brilliant. Very good. So if you want to find out more about the TuneNav range, please go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on GPS store and then handheld GPS units. We've also got a launch page for the product. So again, if you go to gpstraining.co.uk, click on reviews and then TuneNav, a breath of fresh air. You see there's uh, videos um, overviewing the uh, product range. There's videos looking at how you can change the size of the track and the route. Also videos compared to the um, Oregon 700 and also comparing the map quality with Montana. You'll see my walk and talk on there where I go for a walk with the GPS unit and lots of other videos, um, to, again, comparing each of the models with like, you know, the um, Cross Plus with the Terra and then another video comparing the Terra with the Adventure 2 Plus. So again, there's plenty there to watch and I think many of you have it's been a hugely popular page. And again, if you've watched those videos, if you have any questions, just give us a shout. Next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is our update about the Bullet or the Motorola um, um, two-way satellite communicator. So, um, yeah, I suppose we need to give people a bit of a background. If people, we've, is this a product that has featured so much on our podcast, the Motorola Defy Satellite Link? Andy, do you want to quickly give people, uh, people must know what it is because we've talked so much about it. Quick, two minutes, well, not even a minute, one minute summary of what exactly this product is. Yeah, so Bullet's a UK company who make products 
for various companies like Motorola. Um, you'll see things like the Caterpillar phone, um, Tough Phones. That's the sort of product that they make. They launched last year a product in, in, in I'm saying in conjunction, it's licensed with Motorola, where if you were out in the hills or I suppose anywhere where you've got no mobile signal, you had this little, I say a dongle, it's a very small palm-sized device that um, you paired it with an app on your phone and it allowed you to send text messages to family and friends to let them know everything's okay, but using satellites rather than using your mobile data. It was using um, fixed satellites, so we didn't have worldwide coverage and coverage out to the sea like we would have on other products, but at launch it did have all of Europe and North America covered. Um, it had an SOS button on it that if you press the SOS button, didn't need your phone with you to press the SOS button. It went to a worldwide monitoring station that would then know exactly where you were, send help. Um, very low cost um, to do with the actual monthly cost. Most products we sell that use satellites to send messages, a bit like your mobile phone, you pay a subscription, you're paying subscriptions from twelve ninety five up upwards, £25 and upwards, whereas with this device you actually got included for free for one year, that included, and then after that it would have just been about five, I think it was going to be about £5 a month. Um, I'm I used the unit the other day, still working fine. Used it loads over the last six months. It's been my go-to. Simple, um, tethered with my phone, sent messages to my wife, friends, letting them know no mobile signal, but everything's okay. Um, simple device to use with a simple app. Brilliant. I'm going to state before I start the rest of this piece. It is the 31st of January this year, 2024, because in the last two days, um, to, uh, Bullet, who Andy rightly says is the company who put this thing together, actually went bankrupt. So this is what we're going to be discussing. It's the first time we've discussed it. Um, a few people have been online. There's a few people online um, speculating and, and with no evidence. So I thought we'll get the evidence first. We'll give a bit more of our honest um, thoughts on what's going to happen in the future um, from, from the horse's mouth because we have that relationship with Bullet. So as I've just said, no, two days ago, well, no, actually, yeah, two, well, end of last week, so what, well, actually, let's go back three weeks. Three weeks' time, there was some news in the pre in, in the press to say that um, Bullet were running out of money and potentially going to go bankrupt. It was then stated that their funders, uh, they've got a quite big financial background, backers, sorry, were going to be taking over this business. So actually, there was a lot of public um, <coughs> articles about this, yeah. and their funders were going to be taking over the business, and that was going to be Nothing great. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. Nothing to worry yeah. about. And then on um, Thursday of last week, um, yeah, everything was going to go ahead. Um, if people don't know how I've got this information, um, again, we've got um, so, uh, great contacts. If people have seen before the product came out, I actually went down and met uh, a couple of the people from Bullet who, um, uh, before we launched it. So I've got those relationships and I actually ring these people up and ask them exactly what's going on. So on the Thursday of last week, everything was going ahead as problems. Then on the Friday, um, for whatever reason, the funders um, who were going to take over the business pulled out of this relationship. So... Um, the person I was speaking to said, I wonder if this because they were trying to get the price pushed down, etc., which often does happen in business. Um, but sadly, Bullet had no option but to um, file for bankruptcy at this situation. So on Friday, um, they ceased trading. It's been handed over the business uh, to the bank at this point. So, of course, when everybody reads this, everybody is filled with fear about what is going to happen with their uh, two-way satellite communicators that they bought over the last eight, nine, ten months. Is this launch? Excuse me. I think it was um, 
March, end of March. End last of March, year, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. So that's what happened. Okay, so the way we understand it at the moment is the founders um, who didn't have to do this have put in their own personal money to keep the subscription and the satellite system uh, working for the coming month to hopefully find a solution uh, to the problem they're in. I've actually just why uh, just before I started the podcast, I did a bit of googling and I'm going to read an article that I uh, has been launched today. It says while Bullet's hardware business is probably being buried for good. The innovations related to the satellite connection of smartphones are to be transferred to a new company. So it sounds like the technology is going to be transferred to a new company. At this moment in time, I don't know how that will affect um, the customers that they've already got, who have, again, got satellite subscriptions with them in place. Now, when I spoke to my contact yesterday morning, um, which is, what, 36 hours ago, had a really in-depth conversation, they said they were going to be contacting everybody who's got a subscription via email to let them know what is happening and what is going to happen in the future. Now, my only positive thing is now actually um, four o'clock on the following day, nobody has received those emails because actually we've not received one as well and we are subscribers to their service. So the only positive thing I can take from that is I think there is going to be a solution to the problem, whether these um, these current subscribers can be transferred to a new business. There's also Motorola to build into this equation as well. So actually it's a Motorola DeFi satellite link. Um, we know it's as Bullet because that's the company that do it. Um, and again, with my conversation yesterday um, with, with the people at Bullet, they were saying actually Motorola may step in. Motorola may take on this technology unknown. But all I can say on a positive note is because to date we've not received emails letting us know that there is a potential problem, this has to be good. And again, reading online, reading <coughs> articles, um, yeah, if, if the technology has been transferred over, why would they not transfer those existing subscribers to the new business? So I'm really grateful for you guys, and I say this wholeheartedly. I've had two people email me. Um, one was yesterday morning at 9 o'clock. One was about 5 o'clock, and I asked me what is going on. Um, there's some people on YouTube um, pontificating about what is going on without any knowledge of it. Um, so actually, I, first of all, thanks guys for not pestering us. Um, and I, I've been verbally speaking to the people who've been uh, asking us any questions um, to, to tell them what's going on. For the time being, we've ceased trading, um, ceased, ceased selling um, the uh, two-way satellite communicator. I'm also in um, conversations with the distributor because again, they're involved in this as well exactly what's going on and they're waiting to hear and to be guided as well so at the moment i think the whole thing is just um we're just waiting to see what happens um there's a lot of conversations going on i, I know two nav uh, i know bullet and 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 the, the the founders um they're good people you know they will try their hardest they put their heart and soul into this they will try and find a solution for the existing subscribers and the existing products that they have produced uh, to date so fingers crossed um, anything to add, Andy? I don't know. I mean, to me, I was thinking it's built into Motorola phones as well. Yeah. I remember they built it into phones that they were selling. So you would think for the fact that Motorola have got it in their phones as well. And, you know, I've, I've read a few things online where straight away people jump onto, oh, I don't know why there's this sort of product anyway. It's not even needed. And talking about other ways you can do things. To be honest, it's been, I haven't needed it. When I say it being a lifesaver, I haven't needed it to save a life, but... I tell you what, there's many places I go hiking in Northumberland and Scotland and even bits where we do courses in the lakes. I look at my phone and there's no mobile signal. 
I've got friends who are on different networks to me. They've got no signal. And you look and think, we can't lock onto any network. I can't ring 999. It's been great having something, you know, cost effective that I can text really easily. Friends and family just say, no, panic. Everything's okay. Or, you know, if I wasn't feeling very well, but didn't need mountain rescue, you'd be, and, you know, that's me not traveling around the world. There's going to be loads of places where I know we haven't got worldwide coverage and we'll see what happens in the future. Hopefully when the product, you know, if it does get back on track. But the minute for me, we always sold it for someone who's in Europe or North America. So in Europe, on land, it's been a brilliant product, you know, and there is a need for it. I know, you know, I may be biased just because we are walking Northumberland, Scotland and the lakes, but that's fairly big areas where, despite all the mobile phone companies telling us we've got the best coverage ever and we've got 90 odd percent, they definitely haven't in the areas that we go walking in, you know. Yeah. So no, fingers crossed, you know. And that's, all I can say is, you know, like, if you've got this product, do not react. You know, let's sit back. Sit you've got, let's see what happens. Let's see as it evolves. Do you know what? Bullet will be contacting you directly. We will contact you directly once we know what the option is but i actually spoke to chris this morning i hope he doesn't listen to the podcast ah with bullet going bankrupt i'm going to be buying a 66 i was buying a 66 uh, sorry 67i for his two-way satellite communication because bullet gone bankrupt i said i said i refused to sell it to him i said stop 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 don't react let's sit back let's see what happens and actually Motorola more than likely is going to continue working, you know. And if you're going to use it in the next couple of weeks, as John said, is they're guaranteed for the next month to put that money in. So I know you want it, you know, that's why they're going to let everyone know what's happening because they know how important it is, you know. They're not just going to suddenly turn it off. They've got to let everyone know. But for the minute, we've still got that month anyway. And I think the thing, the easy way they could have done was that we've gone bankrupt. There's an email, get on with it. It's everything stopped working. They're not doing that. They're honest, hardworking people and they're trying to find a solution and work at the be working with Motorola, they'll be working with various other, especially if the technology is being bought by another business, they'll be working with these people to get a solution, which I think hopefully we can get it. So, and I, again, all I can say is because I was expecting that email yesterday morning at 10 o'clock to say this is the situation, because it's not happened as four o'clock the following day, I actually think that there will be a solution down the line. So if you have a Motorola, don't react, don't go online and slam it off. Everybody at Bullet has been made redundant as well. Be aware of that. They had 100 members of staff. These are people who have now lost their jobs. I'm hoping that, oh, my conversations with Bullet have been there, hoping that because it's so specialised, if people are taking on that technology, they'll need these engineers and tech staff to work in a, in a new business. So fingers crossed that they uh, get transferred into that new business. Because again, it's 100 families, 100 yeah, people. Have learned, and we've got to think yeah. about that. And actually... 159 grid <laughs> um, 2A satellite communication with free subscription is insignificant when people have lost their jobs. So sit back, let's see what happens. We'll keep communicating with you. Um, actually, I'm not even going to put in newsletters uh, this week because actually I don't want people to react to it. You'll listen to the podcast. You're fans of GPS training, hopefully. You're fans of, of new products. You've heard it first, hopefully, in our podcast. And again, once we know put what the public response is going to be from Bullet. I'm not going to speculate. I'm going to tell you the facts and let's see where we go from here. So fingers crossed. Again, if you've got a Bullet device, you can hear from, from them directly. We'll liaise with you. Again, we've got all our customers pulled off the database and bought from us. So again, once we know, we'll liaise with you directly and see what the best way for it. So fingers crossed. Um, again, 
we're all we're all um, I don't know we've got to also think about the staff at Bullet haven't we you know good friends yeah. of ours and, and best luck for those guys in the future I know a number of them do listen to podcasts best luck for the future fingers crossed that your skills can be transferred to yeah. a new organisation with that technology because I know how hard you've worked at it you've won awards for it and, and sadly, um, these things happen in the world, but fingers crossed that expertise can be transferred and, and moved forward in the best way. So good luck, guys, at Bullet, and uh, we'll be in touch if you've got a product from us, and Bullet will be in touch with you as well. Next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is Andy's top tips. What else could it be, Andy, but a two-nap top tip? Well, Judging by the amount of two naps we've sold in the last two weeks. Um, John mentioned the online resource. Obviously, thank you for everyone for being patient with that because it takes a lot of work to get that all up and running. The product actually came in a little bit sooner than we expected. So if you have bought a two nav from us, when you log into the online resource, which is the training videos, you get free from us as part of your package. If you've got the Adventurer 2 Plus unit, the first six modules are complete. There's going to be another three or four modules added. If you've got the Cross Plus or Terra, um, the first two, I think by today, actually, by the time you listen to the podcast, the first three, even four modules will be done. But you can quite easily jump on the Adventure 2 videos because virtually the menus look exactly the same other than the button control, you know. So we're getting them done as quick as we can. Um, so just thought it would be nice to give you a, a little tip um, for your two and a half devices. So when we sell a two and a half GPS device, we put some settings into the unit just so you get the best out of it. But we don't go into every single setting because some things are personal. But over time, we'll pick up little tips ourselves of what we think works well. But we don't want to necessarily force that all on you. Let the customer make the decision. But here's something I found works really well, especially when we're just talking about bat- um, battery life on the two nav units. So on all of the two nav units that we've got, when you get them, the default setting in the in the settings, so you go into the main menu, settings, system, and display and brightness. There's a setting called auto brightness. I forgot to mention in the features, this unit has a sensor on the front of the glass that automatically adjusts the brightness level. Works well, but I think if you really want to get the best out of the battery, and we, me and John both found that at a night time, it sometimes just goes a little bit too dark for us. So what we've done by going into the main menu, settings, system display and brightness we've turned off the auto brightness just by touching the little tab where it says auto brightness and then there's a little bar that you slide and we've slidden that down to 50 percent obviously for more batteries slide it down a bit more if you find 50 percent is still a little bit bright for you you can actually turn it down now while you're in that setting there's actually one where it says shut down screen now we tend to change that to 30 seconds so your screen will go off after 30 seconds but to be honest as we mentioned the battery life so great at 50 percent backlight you might decide you want to up that 30 seconds or a little tip so you're sort of getting two tips in one if you change that to shut down never so the shut down never means don't take the screen off there is something called auto shutdown, which is different. That's where the whole unit will turn off if you're not recording an activity and you don't touch it. So you don't accidentally leave it turned on. But if you go to the shutdown screen and change it from, say, the 30 seconds we've put in, if you haven't got your unit from us, it might already say never. What you can then do when you're using the unit, if you think, right, don't need to look at the screen anymore. I want to save battery as default on all the two knobs that we sell. When you tap the power button once, the screen goes off and it's locked as well to stop you accidentally touching the screen to bring it back on but still recording in the background. And then you just tap the power button once again and the screen's straight back on. So there's two tips in one. 
changing the backlight to 50% rather than the auto. And then if you decide you don't want the unit to keep going off after 30 seconds, just changing that setting. But if you do change it to never, so it's always on, just remember when you're not using, not needing to look at it all the time, just tap the power button to take the screen off. Yeah, my little bit of a top tip. I did a walk and talk where I was raving about this self-adjusting screen. So actually the following day, if people watched the video, I was going for a 30 mile recce walk, of which many hours of it was in darkness. And one thing I didn't do was a, a change that setting like you said before it went dark yeah. and when it went dark the screen was so dim I was really struggling where I found actually by shining my head torch on it it was daylight <laughs> so I was shining my head torch trying to brighten the screen up so I could go into the settings to change it so again if you do leave the auto brightness I know Andy's saying you head can torch. change it um, use your head torch or alternatively before it goes dark switch yeah. that setting off um, on, the, on the GPS you know, we always say it's a personal setting yeah. another one customer might say hey Andy 20% is brilliant another customer might put it to 70% mm -hmm. you know <clears throat> the reason I mentioned the 50% was Two nav said that's what they based their battery life on, you know. And to be honest, we found 50% is a decent amount of uh, brightness, haven't we? Yeah, that's fantastic. Good stuff. So your next top <coughs> tip is for the Garmin Epix or Phoenix 7, isn't yeah. it? So again, this is things you pick up yourself when you're using devices yourself. So I own an Epix 2 Pro at the minute as one of my many watches, as you know. Um, and a customer phoned me the other day and said, when I'm using my Epix watch, and the same would be on a Phoenix, He's got the touchscreen turned on. I know you can turn touchscreen off when you're doing an activity, but he has he likes touchscreen on. And what he found is when you swipe, when you record an activity, so it could be hiking, for instance, and you swipe up through the different screens when you're, you know, say, let's say navigating a route as well, got to the map screen, you tap on the map screen, you can move it around if you've got touchscreen on, zoom in and out. But he found he then couldn't swipe down to the next screen. Now, you could use the down buttons and things, but you can't use the swipe down. And then he was trying to use the back button, but the back button's a lap button as standard. And most of us don't want a lap button when you're hiking. So my tip was turn off the lap button. And then all you had to do was tap the, it's now a back button. Mm -hmm. And then that lets you then move down. So what you do to do that, if you decide, actually, I've had that problem myself where I keep pressing this back button to come out of something. It's just doing a lap. You go into whatever activity you're recording. So let's just say it was hike. So you press your top right hand button where you get your list of activities scroll down till you see the one you want to change i'll get hike i don't actually start the activity so just where i've got hike with a little white line to the side of it you then hold in your middle left hand button till you see hike settings or run settings if it was your run so in my case it was hike settings and then you scroll down to lap key and you just tap it so lap key is off and what that means just going back to i then start an activity recording i might be navigating a route when i swipe down the touch screen on and i get to the map I can tap on the map, you then get a plus and minus appear on the map, you can zoom in and out, move it around, and then what happens is if you press the back button now, you see the plus and minus disappear, and you see some little grey circles on the left of the map, that's the little circles to say you can now swipe down and move onto your data boxes. So it's just a nice little tip and something when I looked at my own watch, I'd actually changed it without thinking. Yeah, and <clears> and <throat> it's crazy, a really crazy. Over the last, I would say the last couple of months, we've sold a lot of the Epics and Phoenix watches. I, mean, I think people have really embraced, and I'm looking at Andy now with the Epics. You've got the large Epics, the 51 millimeter, isn't yeah. it? And we've sold a lot of that 51 millimeter Epics because people are liking that clarity of the screen, aren't they? So it's been a it's been a hugely popular GPS. And I think watch, so, you see it? because they didn't on the Epics Two watch we're talking about. It's the Epics Two Pro. When they first launched the Epix, it was only available in one size, the 47mm. And you always get lesser battery because of the bright AMOLED screen. And customers were wanting that bigger 
battery so what they did is and i suppose you get the bigger screen so the 51 mil gives you the bigger battery if you're not looking for bigger battery the epix 2 47 mil because it's a clearer screen you might find i know you, you've had a 51 mil watch before i had a customer the other week he'd had a 51 mil phoenix watch with the standard mip screen the memory pixel screen and he was deciding what he wanted a slightly smaller watch because he found it a bit too big but he was worried about seeing things on the screen but i got some nice positive feedback even though he's went for the smaller epics to what he had before the 47 because it's the amoled screen it's he's not finding it any different for viewing you know it just means you get a bit of lesser battery yeah very good so many thanks Andy for those top tips again there's always lots of top tips in the online resource if you go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on online resource on the top menu bar And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS Training Podcast. If there's anything you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please do get in touch. If you can join us in one of our GPS training courses we do around the country, uh, please do. You either join myself or Andy. Or if you're unable to join one of those, please either sign up for the online resource or you can do a one-to-one, one-to-one over Zoom with Andy who gets groups with either your GPS unit or your GPS watch. Now, please do subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to, to the GPS Training Podcast. And you can, can if you can, give us a five-star rating and a snazzy review. That was always appreciated. So many thanks, Andy. It's been quite an in-depth, just a couple of deep subjects in this yeah. month's podcast. But I think it's been a really good one. I say we've been concentrating so much on the two now, but to give that the, um, the time it's needed in the podcast, I think, is appreciated. And have you got much planned coming up for are you to the gym tomorrow night? Gym, first gym session on Friday night. I've done my induction already, so it's like a strength training class. Very so good. That's Friday, Friday night, night, straight Friday up. night after work, yeah. After work, that's dedication. Good start <laughs> yeah. to the weekend. The rest of us go to the fish and chip shop on a Friday <laughs> night and you're going to the chip. <laughs> I you're might going do that after, you know. <laughs> and then the night, I think hike on uh, a decent hike on Sunday. Um, you know, regardless of whether a decent hike on Sunday. Very good. Brilliant. So thank you everybody for joining me and very much, sorry, thank you everybody for joining us on this month's GPS Training Podcast and thanks as always to Andy for joining me. Thanks for listening to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation.